Welcome to Looking for Life. I'm Kirk Packer, and I'm here with George Thompson. And today we sense the Lord leading us to speak about repentance. And this is something that very much applies to us. And we believe it's a, it's a central theme of the gospel. You hear John the Baptist saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near. You hear Jesus saying the same thing. And we believe that that has continued ever since, and especially right now, as we near the return of Jesus each and every day, it is a central theme. But we really sense the Lord uh, leading us to talk about what that is, what it's about, and um, what it's able to to bring about, which is an unbelievable freedom and revival in us. The scripture I want to share this morning, or today rather, whenever you're listening to this, is Romans 7, um, beginning in verse 23. I'm just going to read a couple verses here. It says, there is another power within me, and this is Paul talking, that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. The good news is that Jesus is able to set us free, and the church in America has been good at speaking that, but we skip the other part. We skip the part where Paul says, I am a miserable person. We say, you're pretty well good. You've just got a few flaws that Jesus needs to take care of. That's not the case. That's not true repentance. True repentance comes when we realize our flesh is absolutely corrupt and that we must repent of that. We must die to it. We must turn from it each and every day and surrender ourselves to the Lord. What do you hear the Lord saying to you about that, George? Yeah, I was just thinking about, you know, losing, um, getting angry about something and not allow, not giving it to the Lord, um, not repenting of it, handing it over, asking God to take it, just letting it fester. And the more it sits and the more you think about it, the more Satan tempts you, the more darkness comes at you. And the next thing you know, you're in this fit of rage, if you will, because you have not given it over, you have not turned from it, and you knew it was not good for you from the start. But your willpower, I mean, call it what you will, but at the end of the day, I, I just didn't repent of it. I didn't get rid of it and lay it at God's feet. That That's where I get in trouble. You're making me think of King David, who Scripture declares that he was a man after God's own heart. But yet, I'm thinking about in the Psalms, where when he talks about his sin with Bathsheba, and then the murder that took place after that. He talked about the weight of that sin that was on him. But until the prophet came to him and said, 
you need to repent. This weight remained on him. But when he repented, the Psalms talks about this freedom that he experienced. Now, here was a guy who was a man after God's own heart. But yet, just as Scripture teaches, he still had a flesh within him, and that flesh is absolutely corrupt and is capable of anything. But the good news is we can be set free, but we must, we, we must own up to it. We, we can't sidestep it. And I, I feel like we do a lot of that in the church. We try to sidestep it by saying things like, well, the devil made me do it. Well, you know, there was this spirit of lust on me or this spirit of murder on me. And it's a way of kind of sidestepping the responsibility of it. And in so doing, I feel like we try to sidestep the repentance of it, which is the key to the restoration and revival that we need in our hearts. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think about the scripture that we've, we talked a lot about today was the truth will set you free. But until you face up to the truth yourself, there's no way you can be free. Because sin is going to hammer you. <laughs> it's going to be on your conscience. It's going to be on your heart. And it's going to weigh you down as long as you let it. But when you become real, when you become truthful with yourself and your sin and repent, which means turn from, then you can feel the freedom of Jesus Christ. But he is the only one that can give you the freedom through his blood that we, you know, constantly <laughs> uh, just live for at, at times, especially when you're in that desperate uh, situation when you're just asking God to take it. And our sin is so ugly that we rightfully want out of it quickly. But in so doing, we can find ourselves taking a shortcut and the shortcut is, instead of just admitting the ugliness of our sin, we want to say um, that we want to deny it, basically. And we want to say things like, well, I'm not a perfect person, and you know, I've made some mistakes, and so I, I need Jesus to, to cover those things. Instead of really dealing with the truth of the ugliness of it, which is really the, the key to being set free, and when we don't deal with the, the, the ugliness of it, what we, we, what we end up doing is kind of whitewashing the outside of things. And Jesus talked about that. But when we whitewash the outside of it, we don't get the healing we need because we, we haven't owned up to the absolute ugliness of it. We tried to polish it up and make it look better, and it's still, it's still there, and it still owns us, and it's still leading us. And we, we try to make it into something of God that's not that bad. But but I just, I feel like so much of that has been allowed to operate in our hearts and in this American church um, that, that many of us uh, worship in. Yeah. I, and I think too, you know, when you think about free will, God gives us free will. We get to make our own decisions, but there is parameters in everything. But you know, you make the wrong decision, you do the wrong thing, there is a consequence to all wrong. But he also gives you an out, which is Jesus Christ. And But there's no um, slick formula other than repentance, <laughs> turning from it, 
laying it down. And, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about Judas and how he betrayed Jesus. And, but once he got his reward for what he had done, what did he do? He threw the silver back that he earned for what he did. He was so disgusted because of the sin that he caused, he took his own life. Sin took him out and just the darkness of that. And if we, if we truly believe that sin won't take us out, we're very deceived here. We are very deceived. And I, I just think it's very important that we don't sidestep repentance in the midst of our lives. It, it's there for a reason. God, I mean, as, as the verses you read, th- those are who we are. We have got to own up to who we are. And when you say deception, we've heard many times people say that the problem with deception is that you don't know you're deceived. The but in that is, though, that I find in my life, there was the deception came because I hardened my heart somewhere. Somewhere along the line, I was convicted. But instead of just being open and honest, I tried to cover it up. Mm. And in trying to cover it up, it eventually led me down the road to deception. And you were talking about the example of Judas. I believe at some point down the road, he was convicted. But instead of being open and honest, he tried to hide it. And he tried to make it sound, feel and sound like something that wasn't so bad. And that eventually led him to the place of deception that he was willing to to turn the Son of God over. And if we think that we can't get to that point, we're fooling ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's all down through the Bible. Um, You know, when you think, um, you know, you just pull out a disciple, for instance. I mean, Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him three times. And, you know, he had to own up to who he was. And when the rooster crowed, (laughs) Peter knew. He knew what he was going to do. And, you know, in, in the midst of our sin um, so, so much of the time, um, we, we, don't, we don't want to tell the ones we're close to or we don't want to own up to it. Even, even if we've made a fool out of ourselves, we still try to make it right in the midst of the people that have seen it. Uh, no matter how ridiculous it is, we still try to play that card where th- it was okay because of this. And usually what we do is take Scripture out of context or what we do is just try to make it right so we, we think we're um, fooling the people that we're trying to prove the point to and at the same time we're fooling ourselves that Jesus is going to take this It's really, really hard to own up to the ugliness of our flesh. (laughs) But it it must be done because when you talk about Peter denying Jesus and then you think about Jesus coming back to him and asking him, do you love me? He's causing Peter to own up to it. And he's setting him free, but he's causing him to own up to it. But I find it's so hard. And, you know, I'm thinking right now... As we are watching people um, on the political forefront who are out in front of everybody and they're making mistakes, and it's so obvious, and rather than owning up, they try to blame it on somebody else. And, and the whole world's watching going, it's ridiculous, just, just own up to it. But, but it's easy for me to laugh at them. 
But I know that I struggle in the same way because I don't, I don't want to accept how corrupt I am. I mean, think about Peter, who Jesus told him, this is what you're going to do. You would think that would be enough. Wouldn't that be enough for me if somebody told me, you're going to go down here and this is the sin you're going to commit? Okay, somebody's just warned me about it. There's no way I'm going to do that. No, I'm so corrupt, I will still go down and I will still do it because that's just how corrupt my flesh is. It's so hard to do, but it is the key to freedom. Yeah. And and the, the thing that just keeps ringing in my head over and over, and, and when I think about um, deception in a sense, but when my mind goes to something that I know is wrong, for instance, um, it again, I'm constantly trying to justify in my mind to make it right, that it's okay. And inevitably, over and over, if I, if I fall into it, then I've got this weight that is upon me saying, you shouldn't have done that. And then there, there I am. I've got a choice to make here, whether I've got to repent of it or, or um, you know, re- regardless of what it is, whether no one knows I've done it or not, at some point you've got to repent, you've got to own up to it. And, but, but the thing that I hate about my flesh is, and what you've read about is that it seems like I go back to it. I don't learn the first time. I fall back into the same sin, so then I find myself repenting again of the same thing. I mean, when you think about um, just a certain thing that you've dealt with for a lot of years that just causes you havoc, and you just beg God to take it away, but it doesn't get away, you just find yourself wallowing in that. And anyway, I'm thinking about just... The, the times over and over again where where I knew I couldn't go down that road, but I went down that road anyway, and it caused me heartache, it caused me frustration, it caused me to sin. And so there I stand in front of the throne of God saying, here I am again, <laughs> same guy, did the same sin, please forgive me. And for somebody who is just beginning to walk with the Lord, maybe that would be a little easier. But when you've been walking with the Lord for 30, 40 plus years, it it feels like you should see this stuff coming and, and you should be better able to resist. But as you were talking, I was thinking about last night, how I made my 10 year old son cry because I was being selfish. I wasn't being some, you know, whatever, but it just it just came out of me and then suddenly I was convicted about how cruel I was being. It, it, it uh I mean it was nothing big. Nikki had made something for supper and she had cooked part of it a certain way for my 10-year-old son that was different than she cooked the rest of it. Well, I was immediately annoyed because I see these (laughs) kids that, you know, they got to have a special meal made for them every time because they can't just eat what's served. And I'm like, my kid's not going to be that. So I started making some comments about, you know, well, his mom was just trying to love him and he's not, he's not overly demanding. And, And there I was crushing his heart and I was just convicted. And I'm like, what an ogre I am, you know? But 
and I and I had to repent, and I had to you know go to him and say that was so selfish. I'm so sorry, and I, I'm just always taken back by how messed up my flesh is. It, it just and I've been walking with the Lord for many years now, but my flesh will never be converted. My flesh has to die, and I think people just we need to understand that. And we need to walk that out in front of people because that was one of the things God convicted me of. I need to walk this out in front of my son because he has the same flesh. As much as I love him, he has the same flesh. And we, we've got to learn, you know, how to be free of it. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, um, <laughs> driving, you know, and if, if you're one of those people that doesn't get frustrated at other drivers, well, God bless you, but it's not me. And I, I was just thinking about how I got frustrated with the guy, the way he was driving, and rightfully so. But at the same time, you know, the things that came out of my mouth were not the things of God. And so here I find myself repenting <laughs> to, to God because, you know, what, no matter what I said in, the, in my own car, the guy couldn't hear me for one, and for two, it wasn't going to change the way he was driving. But I went to a place in my mind and in my heart of anger, and there, there I was. And I was just like, this is stupid. Why are you doing this? And I'm sure that's what God was thinking too, but he always has enough grace to forgive me in the midst of that. And so I was thankful for that, but also like you going, what, you know, what, what, what am I doing here? I mean, what's the point of this? Yeah. And, and, Repentance is, is again the key to the key to really be free and to really walk um, in the freedom of the Lord and to be able to love as the Lord loves. Again, one of the things that that I, I sense the Lord showing me, and and I'm guilty of this too, is how man centered the the American church has become. We it's we take the truths and we twist them just a little bit to make us the center rather than God. Does God love us absolutely so much that he sent his only son to die for us? Are are we now his bride? Yes. Are we kings and queens? Yes. Do Is it all about us? No. It's still about God, and, and we are the creature, and, and uh, one of the advantages to recognizing continually our flesh and our need to die to it is the humility that comes from it because God is perfect and he is not dealing with the sin that we are dealing with in our flesh. He's dealing with our sin, but not his because he is perfect and, and dealing with our sin helps show us where we are and how to relate to God. But one of the things that's getting messed up in the American church is people start thinking that they're they're equal with God and they're equal with Jesus. Does he call his friends? Yes. But are we equal? Never. And I sense that that's one of the things that has kind of crept in slowly and it's really, it's taking away our freedom and all that's available to us in the Lord. Yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, um, scripture talks about Moses and the laws didn't change the flesh either. It took Jesus Christ's life, every drop of blood to save us. But the thing that I'm reminded of is there was no shortcut with Jesus either. 
So he's not going to give me a shortcut. I, I've got to walk it out. If he says repent, repent. And the other thing that, that grabs my heart as you were talking is, that's how I show my love back to Jesus, is the repentance, is, is laying down what I struggle with and asking for forgiveness. That's how I show my love back to him. And that's all he's asking. You know, he, he knows we're going to sin. I mean, j- just read through chapter 7 of, of Romans. I mean, it, 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 it's self-explanatory. But, but he knows we're going to fail him. But just do what he asks and love him back. That, that's what he needs, or that's what he wants. And I believe that that's also how we are able to love other people in the midst of their sin. Because when I recognize the corruption of my own flesh— over and over and over, I have a harder time holding somebody else to the fire. Now, that's not to say that their actions aren't wrong. That's not the point. The point is, though, is that I'm able to love them in the midst of it, and I'm able to forgive them and not hold things over them because I realize that I have the same flesh, and and my flesh is, is no better. But when we skip that, Oh, it's easier to hold grudges. It's easier to say, well, I'd never do that. That's so awful. Um, and the Pharisees, I mean, the, the religious leaders of Jesus day, just a, a great example of that. I mean, when the, the way that they acted that Jesus described and then what the way that what Jesus said was actually in their heart is unreal, but that it's not unusual. That's all of us who, who are not real with what's in our heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about, um, you know, the wine the wine, dre- uh, wine dresser, the vine of Jesus. I mean, that's that's what we are, and he prunes us as he sees needed over and over. And <laughs> if you're like me, you need a lot of pruning. You know, there, there's a lot of things that need to be cut off and as he circumcises our heart and the things of that. But, you know, you're exactly right that, um, you know, you think about marriage for, for a minute and your wife, there's a lot of give and take in the midst of a marriage. Um and not either party's perfect um, in the midst of that, but but one thing I found in, in 33 years of marriage is is it's very rewarding because there's been sacrifice after sacrifice on both parties, and God has blessed that sacrifice because we've put Him first in our marriage, um, and it it's been a blessing. But it's not been easy. Don't mishear me here. It's not been easy, but through Christ and, and, you know, using the ways of God and honoring my wife and, and the way he asked me to honor him, it's sure been a huge blessing. What comes to my mind as you're speaking is that repentance is not comfortable, mm. but it's worth it. And, and again, what we've done in the church is, is we've focused on making people comfortable, make it, make it a smooth transition from the world to Jesus and it's not. It, repentance is very uncomfortable, but it's absolutely worth it. You know, it's it's like a surgery, or, or I've never had a baby, but I've, I've witnessed a few, and uh, it's not a pleasant process, but is it worth it? Yeah. Absolutely. Is there a way to bypass it? No, there's not. But, you know, as you, you know as well as I do, when you're man enough— are big enough to stand up and say, I'm sorry, 
that somehow has a way to melt the heart of the one you're saying I'm sorry to. Mm-hmm. It's it's far greater than going out and buying him a new car or you know doing something as a gift, but you're not owning up to what you've done. But when that when you say I'm sorry and um, it it means something, you know. Even you know I've even you know even as you, as you were talking about your son, you know. When you do it to your kids, when you show them that, hey, I've done wrong here, <laughs> I've screwed up, and I need to apologize to you, don't, you know, that that means so, so much, and it literally changes their life. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And, and just as a kind of way of wrapping up, I mean, this, the thing that I sense the Lord saying is that when we walk in repentance, we will then be able to speak that to others and to demonstrate it to others and that is that is what god's looking for i mean he again the message of john the baptist jesus it's to be our message is repent for the kingdom of god is near and that means me repenting first and and demonstrating that and through that revival is able to happen it's able to happen in me and those around me yeah, and and again, um, I just want to drive that home: is repenting is as good for you as it is the one that's re- receiving the forgiveness or uh, receiving the blessing that you are forgiving or they're forgiving you. Um, and you know, th- this is the ways of Jesus, and just love Him today. That that's that's my message: just love Jesus today and follow His Word and be led by His Spirit. Amen. Well, we pray that you have been blessed and uh, pray that you would uh, just find the freedom that comes through repentance and just uh, surrendering and submitting to the Lord. May God bless you.